Bodies by the Numbers is a horror podcast. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast where we keep track of how we die in horror media. I'm your host, Ander Mack, and this is my co-host, Grace Lee. Today we're covering 1978's Halloween, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, directed by John Carpenter. Also, the music score is by, you guessed it, John Carpenter. Jeez, fuck, he did like 70% of this movie. He pretty much did. It's like, I'm gonna make this movie, get out of my fucking way. So, feelings check, how did you like Halloween? okay it was i think oh my thing is that the problem with this movie for me at least was there's so many moments where it's just kind of like following someone around or kind of slow building of tension but my brain is like okay what's next i'm, I'm ready like i definitely really love halloween for again this is one of those quote-unquote proto slashers yeah. so you get to see a lot of what we grow to love about scream yeah. friday the 13th be yeah. really hardcore established in this yeah during the movie grace and i were even talking about like oh this is the obligatory tit shot in scream yeah. it's hard not to see it as like oh wow the soundtrack oh wow the rose tinted glasses are on for this yeah. so i think i just like halloween i out of the three giants yeah. of slashers michael freddie and jason yeah Michael is a close second for me. Jason's on bottom, so that leaves Freddy to be the kingpin. Yeah, and, and I haven't seen that movie yet, though, so... I I, I really hope you like it, because okay. it's weird. Alright. That's the best way to describe A Nightmare on Elm Street. Alright. So. What? Plot summary. Oh, fuck. Plot summary. Alright. Honestly, again, I was telling you, this movie is pretty simple. It all happens within the span of, like, what... A couple days? It really feels like. Two um, days. Two days, yeah. It happens in the span of two days. We're introduced first with um, Dr. Lee. What, you're right? Yeah. No, no, no. Dr. Loomis. Oh, Dr. Loomis. Lee was the, the, the sheriff. No, that was... I thought his name was Lee Brackett or something like that. Yeah, Brackett. Brackett. Okay. I thought his first name was Lee. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so it's Dr. Loomis then. We're introduced um, with uh, Dr. Loomis and just kind of like a nameless nurse, I guess. Okay, she does have a name. Okay. She actually returns for uh, David Gordon Green's yeah. sequels to this movie. All right. Well, I mean, well, she managed to survive, so good for her, I guess. Oh, it was Lee. I remember. Uh, Chambers. All right, yeah, so um, we're introduced, I guess, to Miss Chambers and Dr. Loomis. I am a little concerned why, because the car they're driving is the, the institution, like, vehicle, right? So I was a little confused why he wasn't driving and why she was, but that's beside the point. Maybe he didn't have a driver's license. I don't know. But anyway, um, no, he had to because he was driving a car later on in the film. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> but um, anyway, so we're introduced to Nurse Chambers and Dr. Loomis. Um, Nurse Chambers is smoking while she's driving down the road. Um, and then you have Dr. Loomis. And pretty much you're just going back and forth where she will be helping um, Cart 
this patient to, oh God, what was it? Um, some, in, well, in, in front of some sort of judge, was it? Before we even yeah. get to the transportation of Michael Myers, we had the scene before the movie oh, really starts. Oh, yeah. Where we get the voyeuristic watching of Michael Myers stalking Judith Myers yep. and her one-pump chump boyfriend. I don't even think it was one-pump, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you, you're totally right. Yeah, I totally forgot that. But yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, Judith and her boyfriend are kind of just fooling around. They head upstairs very briefly. We get the kind of um, wandering of this figure kind of wandering around the outside of the house. He goes into the back door and then we see her boyfriend leave we see this from it's all from behind this figure so it's like we just see him walking around the house go upstairs this is one of those scenes where the camera is the killer yep friday the 13th took that on i actually don't think scream really did no 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 i mean there are a couple moments where it was from their point of view but it didn't really um it wasn't really a strict narrative but yeah so we're just pretty much following this like uh, what we now know is like a kid, you know, around the house. He goes upstairs. He comes across uh, his elder sister naked. Oh no, no, she was wearing. No, she she was topless. Yeah, yeah, she was just topless. God, I gotta say though, is that like she turns around and he just fucking stabs. Her. I don't feel like he stabbed her that hard even, but she just fucking kind of like topples over and anyway, she's dead. Bottom Hannah, line. Hannah did point out that like. There would be a shock to your little brother busting into your room and stabbing you to death. Yeah, that is true. Like, even if I had a sibling and he popped into the room with a knife, I wouldn't think, oh, I'd be like, oh, fuck, you know, like, you're trying to scare me, like, get out of here. But he just goes right up to her fucking stabs her. And then you kind of have, like, the moment where, like, you know, the, this figure, clearly in a mask... Um, kind of just staring at the body, then wandered, kind of just dead downstairs, wanders out the door. You see the parents pull up in the car. Um, they get out of the car. He just keeps walking. And it's, he, it really does feel like some sort of, like, almost puppet, you know? And, and eventually he walks down. The parents take off the mask. Um, and then it's, like, revealed that he's, like, this tiny little kid, right, with a bloody knife. And eventually it kind of, like, pans out from that freeze frame. Of just the kid holding the knife. And then it cuts to Dr. Loomis and Nurse Chambers um, in the car on the way to their, uh, not penitentiary, what is... Institution. Into the into the institution. And Dr. Loomis is kind of going on about how Michael is an it, not a him. Yeah, uh, yeah. The he's... nurse even, yeah, like, tries to correct him. Like, you know, like, oh, I believe it's a he, isn't it? And, like, Loomis goes, like, oh, if you want to classify it as such... But, yeah, no, he still definitely uses, like, it and just all these, like, kind of, like, uh... To kind of use a weird parallel, it's very much the Moby Dick story, because this is Captain Ahab being like, that is a beast, that's not a person. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. From that first introduction, he really does. He sees Michael Myers as... Um, even in, like later on in the film, he describes Michael Myers as an evil, not a person. I don't even think as a monster, but just an evil. He, I believe, he uses like the personification of evil as a descriptor for Michael Myers. Yeah, definitely. Um, eventually, though, they're they're still kind of you know driving down, and then um, the nurse notices as they're getting close that there's a bunch of patients just wandering, like you know the 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 yard, which is odd because it's 
dark outside and just pouring rain. Um, and so the doctor gets out of the car, goes up to where the gate is supposed to be, but you can see the gate has been busted open. He tries to walk up to where the, where you'd assume to be like some sort of like little like watch area. Probably the yeah, security guard. Yeah, where the security guard would be hanging out. Um, and then uh, we see some sort of figure um, hop onto the roof of the car and um, make, and uh, God, the fucking nurse rolls down the windows for some stupid reason. One, why? It's also pouring rain outside. Why would you do that? But anyway, so he tries to grab her. And you also get your first instance of, like, how strong this dude is. Is that he reaches and kind of, like, just holds her, even in the, like, this awkward position. She manages to, like, get out of the hole, though. Um, and then he just... Fucking breaks the glass on the other the, the other side of the door. It was a flat palm that broke yeah, the glass, not even flat. a rock. No, no, just flat palm breaks through the glass. The nurse freaks out. She gets out of the car, right? And then the dude fucking just slips in, like, fucking smooth, like, it just takes off in the car. Again, we were joking earlier, like, wow, man, this, this place must have, like, fucking great, like, driving lessons. He just fucking takes off. Even Dr. Loomis is like, someone must have been teaching him. Yeah, like, yeah, later on in the, in the film, he's talking to someone else about, and again, like, um, you know, how he keeps describing, like, uh, you know, Michael is, like, you know, this evil, and, like, um, but yeah, as, throughout the film, he really tries to impress upon people how dangerous Michael is. But yeah, no, after after that shot, we get a shot of um, our uh, main character, I guess. Laurie Strode. Yeah, Laurie Strode. Played by Jamie Lee Curtis, one of the most famous Scream Queens. This isn't the only horror movie franchise she's a part of. No. But this is definitely the one that gave her the crown. Definitely. She's leaving her house, um, and she's talking to her dad, who's a realtor, about leaving a car under a rug. Um, and so she's just, like, kind of, like, walking down. She's got her, you know, books for, like, school. She's walking down. She comes across Tommy. The kid she's going to babysit for Halloween night. They're just kind of chatting, and he's trying to, like, you know, you know, be like, oh, you know, I want to, like, carve a pumpkin. I want to watch a movie. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. And they pass by uh, the Myers house. And the kid is like, Tommy's clearly like freaked out. Like, you shouldn't do that. Like, um, there's she... already kind of this uh, suggestion that it's you know the boogeyman's. House. Yeah, yeah, no, this is like a haunted house. You don't want to go up there. But she casually strolls up and puts like you know the key um, under the mat because this house is supposed to. You see like the sign, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's supposed to be sold and stuff like that. I just had a really invasive memory oh. back when I lived in Everett. Yeah, yeah, there was this house at the end of our road. That was constantly abandoned. And I remember walking to school one day and it was burning down. Jesus fucking Christ. That was pretty much the Myers house of our neighborhood. But I don't know why that just kicked its way through my memory and went, Hey, remember that creepy house you were scared of as a kid? Yeah, well, that's this. (laughs) You also kind of, so like, you know, as she, you know, goes to like, you know, drop off the key, um, we can see... Michael and like like it switches points of views to inside the house and we can clearly see it's it's Michael staring at her. And by this point he has his mask and a lot of the shots that are now voyeuristic with Michael Myers yeah. you can now hear him heavy breathing. Oh yeah. No, like when Tommy and uh Lori Yes. Yeah, walk down the street, he walks out of his house and just stands there watching her. 
as she walks down. Um, I'm surprised no one else was like, oh, where the fuck is that dude wearing a mask? Well, uh, at this point, it is Halloween day. That is true. So that's honestly, yeah, it's probably not that odd. Lori makes it to class where she's in class. She sees him because he followed, she followed her from his house to school. And he's just kind of like parked outside the gate, just staring. Um, she doesn't really think too much of it because like a few glances later, he's gone. Uh, is it then that we cut to uh, Dr. Loomis trying to preach to someone else about how... He's on the phone with Sheriff Brackett. Oh yeah, he's on the phone with Sheriff Brackett. Going, he's coming your way. Yeah. Doom's gonna get you. Yeah. And then he also, though, managed to out of, uh, you know, maybe the corner of his eye to see this red truck that has been driven over to the side of the road. My theory is he found that red truck before he made the call. Ah, uh, yeah. No, that makes sense because he goes up to the car and he sees the same matches that the nurse lit her cigarette with early on in the film. So he knows that this... Um, that there's some kind of connection that he's probably... And he sees, like, the, um... Not outfit, but kind of, like, institutional, like, attire. You know, like, the, the kind of, like, the white dress kind of thing. Yeah, kind the of like, hospital robes, if Exactly, you yeah, the hospital robes kind of cast around. And while he leaves before he sees it, we see a body. Now, this was a very off-screen kill. There is yeah. blood on the torso. Yeah, but... I like to see my weapons. Yeah, I mean, and we've clearly already seen that, that Michael does enjoy just, like, choking the living shit out of people and then stabbing them. So we, Half of my notes on his kills start with strangled. Yeah, I know. He's big <laughs> on that. He's really big on that. Anyway, yeah, no, so he, he calls, like, the sheriff, and then we know later on that he's um, also talking to someone else. Looks to be some sort of, like, government official, something like that, about how... Um, yeah, I know how, you know, Michael is extremely dangerous. And, and this is the point where he, he mentions uh, that, uh, yeah, someone fucking gave Michael driving lessons. This was before the phone call. Oh, before the phone call. Because oh. the, this is the same guy you were talking about before I diverted us to Judith Meyer's kill. Yeah. Because that, I, I think he was the head of the institution, more or less. The guy who should yeah. have been keeping a better eye on his patients. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, yeah. And probably listening to the doctor. As crazy as the doctor sounds, like, he probably should have listened to him. You know, if a therapist hates his patient that much, you might want to listen to him. Yeah, just check it out real quick. Anyway, and then we also find out the fact that apparently, um, Michael hasn't spoken a word in 15 years. Yes. Dr. Loomis tried to reach him for up to seven or eight years and for the remainder amount of time just tried to keep him locked away yeah i forget which number was in which order but those were the two numbers he gave to that head of the institute no no, no he didn't give him to the head of the institute he gave him to the sheriff oh yeah uh but anyway we kind of cut back to um, Lori um talking to one of her friends about how they're all like you know kind of babysitting that night and they'll all be babysitting kind of like on the same block blah blah well, blah linda isn't babysitting oh, she's shit. just trying to get with her boyfriend oh yeah annie's yeah. pissed off because one they left her behind at high school they and she did. had to run to catch up they she did and two her boyfriend paul is grounded because yeah. he got up to some bullshit i think he was like uh he broke some he was trying to play a prank and it like went wrong pretty much and Lori and annie were yeah. both babysitting yeah exactly yeah, that's also when, oh God, I can't remember if it's, uh, we do see that Michael Myers 
drives past them, and he says something out of the window, like, you know, speed kills or some shit like that. Yeah, and he stops. Everyone kind of gets nervous for a little while and then drives on. And I think a little bit before this, um, we also cut to Tommy at school, where he's um, cornered by these bullies. And the bullies, one, break his pumpkin. Fucking assholes. Well, after going, like, he's gonna get you, he's gonna get oh, yeah, you. The no. boogeyman's gonna get you. They, yeah. A lot like uh, Carrie, actually. Oh, yeah. How it's like, creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie. These kids just target this other kid and unfortunately he does get this the gourd smashed yeah uh but yeah no the kids keep talking about him about a boogeyman and then they kind of like you know leave him uh but then we also see that michael myers was like watching this also watching the kid um (laughs) he scares the shit out of like one of the kids that bullied tommy too he just grabs him and like it's really what? funny to see Michael show restraint, actually. Yeah. I mean, Michael definitely has, like, his... Uh, uh, his own sense of humor. Yeah, his own sense of humor, and then um, he also has his own weird, like, method of madness, where it's like, I only kill these people in these situations. It's Halloween or nothing, all right? And technically it's not Halloween night yet. I heard someone talk about Michael Myers on how... Uh, he might not understand that he's actually killing these people. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's also the kind of weird thing where it's, like, um, when he's masked and unmasked, like, it might be, like, some sort of, like, different, like, persona or something like that. You know, the kids leave eventually, and we, um, and eventually we cut back to, uh, Lori, Lydia, and Annie. Linda. Linda, sorry. Anyway, Linda wanders off to, um... Her home, I think. Yeah, her home. And then it's just Annie and... Lori? Lori. And it's just Annie and Lori. A lot Lori? of L names. Yeah, a lot of L names. Uh, Lori sees, again, Michael, because she keeps seeing him out of the, the corner of her eye, or just he just pops up and leaves again. He does teleport, definitely. <laughs> but he, you know, he, he pops out behind a bush, then he pops back in, um, and she knew. She saw him in the car, so she's like, shit, Annie, it's that guy that you yelled at. <laughs> um, Annie wanders, uh, you know, wanders to the bush. He's, again, teleported away. Lori manages to make it home, goes into a room, and just kind of, like, collapses onto her very tiny bed. It's... After uh, seeing Michael peer through her window at her. Oh, yeah. There's actually this really funny meme I've seen of that scene where she's looking down, it's Michael. She's looking down, it's Michael, like, raking leaves. She's looking down, it's Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. She looks out of the window and he's just fucking doing her laundry, I guess. But, uh, yeah, and eventually she just kind of, like, you know, collapses onto bed. And I think it's then that she has the phone call with, um... Annie. Annie about how they they kind of collaborate, how, um... Annie will be picking up her later on in her mom's car. They're all babysitting, or at least they're babysitting on the same street. And that, um, Linda will be stopping by later on, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, eventually, um, cuts to Lori, um, grabbing a pumpkin, grabbing the, like, you know, some knitting to, like, do while, like, you know, she's taking care of the kids... She wanders down to the end of the block. Waits for Annie to pick her up. Yeah, Annie picks her up. Uh, they start smoking a joint. They do. They, you know, kind of, uh, you know, driving down to the other houses. Uh, while they're driving down, they see uh, Annie's dad, the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> Put it out! Put it out! Yeah, um, they, uh, you know, they pull in. And they see that there's, like, a department store behind them, right? And that's where we hear about how a mask was stolen, two knives, and some and, rope yeah. um, were stolen. And then, you know, they drive away, and of course, like, you know, Lori's like, shit. You know, he, he totally smelled it. And Annie's like, no, no! 
should have seen the look on his face. Yeah. And then, like, pretty much almost right after that, I think it's Dr. Loomis appears. Yeah, Dr. Loomis appears, like, right after that. And it's like, oh, it's Michael. He's still on this. He's he's getting ready. And fucking, we see in literally the same frame when the sheriff walks away. We see Dr. Loomis, and we see fucking in the background because... Michael has been following the girls, right? Michael is impressively in a lot of this movie. Yeah. He is consistently stalking in the background. Oh, definitely. And we see them fucking in the same frame. And in the car that he stole, too. So we know, we know if Dr. Loomis just turned around, he'd recognize the car. But Dr. Loomis never turns around. So Michael just fucking drives his, on. His head is facing one way. And as he turns his head, Michael moves from... Where he was looking away to where he was looking. Yeah, just... As Loomis himself turns his head, so they... Yeah, yeah they just they, yeah. avoid each yeah, other. Yeah, no, they just pass each other by. But again, uh, Dr. Loomis is like, yeah, no, she's gonna go down. I believe uh, the sheriff and Dr. Loomis go to the Myers house. They find, uh, oh, God, poor dog. Apparently Michael was just hungry, so we just killed and ate part of a dog? yeah. Weird shit. But anyway, they, they notice that the body's still warm, so they walk upstairs. Dr. Loomis is just talking about how this is the room where, you know... Um, Judith got killed. Yeah, and again, how he, this is when he talks about how he did try originally for like seven or eight years to help um, Michael, but then the, look, the last seven or eight, he just tried to keep him in prison. Or One not in second. prison, but in the institution. Hi, we're back. We just lost a lot of our recording, so we're going to pick up where Dr. Loomis and the officer were talking about... <laughs> I want to fucking cry. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Fine, all right, yeah, Dr. Doctor Loomis and Mr. fucking Sheriff McGee in the fucking, in the fucking Myers house, sorry. Let's, Let's deep bring breaths. down the energy. Deep breaths, deep breaths. Okay. Okay, um, so Loomis and Brackett basically go over the... We brought it up earlier that Loomis tried to help Michael for seven to eight years. Yep. And for the rest of the 15-year span, tried to keep Michael locked up. Yep. They kind of just, you know, they, you know, kind of... Uh, Dr. Loomis is pretty much just like, yeah, no, Michael is evil. Michael has the, the devil's eyes. And then the sheriff brings up a very good point where he's like, shouldn't we, like, alert the news? Nah. Dr. Loomis is like, fuck that. Definitely not. And I guess the sheriff is cool with that. I mean, I don't think I would be, but, yeah, to each their own. We fast forward to babysitting between Lori and Annie trying to just take care of their respective kids. Annie's taking care of Lindsay and Lori's taking care of Tommy for yeah. the night. Yeah, and their houses are, like, right across from each other. You know, Lori's just with um, Tommy. He talks about how, you know, he's been, like, uh, he looked out the window. He might have saw the boogeyman or not. Lori's like, there's no fucking thing. Shut the fuck up, Yeah, Tommy. shut the fuck up, kid. Um, back at uh, Lindsay and Annie... Uh, Annie manages to, while making popcorn, manages to, I guess, spill a large enough amount of butter all down the front of her blouse and her pants so that she needs to strip in the kitchen, you know, just put on an oversized uh, button-up and then try to go outside to do some laundry. Through that whole scene where she's trying to do her laundry, there's 
There's just Michael in the background. Yeah. Just circling pretty Michael, much. Michael, you can see his mask in like the background of the window. You get yeah. voyeuristic shots from him. Yeah. He kills the dog Lester that was growling and barking at him. Oh, yep. He uh, circles the laundry room while Annie's even in it. Yeah. No. He just, you know, locks the door on her, locks Annie in the door. And you can hear from the house, the phone ringing, which she assumes is her boyfriend. She is correct. So she tries to fucking crawl out the back window. And get stuck. I don't know how, but yeah, just fucking stuck. So inside the house, <laughs> Lindsay fucking picks up the phone. She's not giving a shit this entire time. But she picks up the phone. It's it's Paul. He's like, hey, where's like, you know, Lindsay? Or not Lindsay, but where's Annie? Lindsay's like, oh, she's just doing, doing laundry. Doing the laundry. Paul says something, and then Lindsay's like, okay, yeah, I'll go grab her. And just hangs up on Paul. Just fucking hangs up on him. She wanders out to um, the, the washroom, I guess, and finds Annie. Annie's butt just sticking out the window. Yeah, it's... She got her leg caught on, like, a shelving unit somehow. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know how she did that, but she did. So uh, Lindsay manages to um, free... Annie, they both wander back into the house where the phone rings again. And while they were in the, you know, next to the washer and dryer, Annie tried to convince Lindsay not to tell anyone that she got stuck trying to just go out the back window. That is immediately vetoed. One, because Lindsay didn't agree to shit. Um, two, because, um, you know, Paul tries to call again. Lindsay goes, picks up the phone, just straight out tells him, yeah, she was stuck in the window uh, trying to do laundry. And then just passes the phone off to Annie. Paul informs, you know, Paul informs Annie that his parents are gone for the night. So, uh, couldn't Annie, like, pick him up and they can all have fun together? Annie says it's a great plan. So, she first tries to get Lindsay to go with her in the car. Fucking, Lindsay doesn't give a shit. Lindsay just wants to watch TV. So, then Lindsay's like, oh, but I do want to, like, hang out with um, Tommy tonight. So, uh, they just wander across the street. Annie, uh, drops... Lindsay into Lori's care. Yep. I, I gotta say, Annie is not a good babysitter, from what I can tell. Well, even during the laundry scene between yeah. her and Lindsay, yeah. she's like, look, we have an agreement <laughs> yeah. that you can watch TV if I can do whatever the fuck I want to. Yeah. So she, honestly, if you're the kid, she's the cool babysitter because she's not micromanaging you. Yeah. But objectively, she is not the babysitter you want to hire. Exactly. Yeah, no, Lori's a way better babysitter. Just objectively speaking. Anyway, Annie drops off Lindsay. Annie goes back, um, tries to open the car door in the garage. It's locked, so she wanders back into the house, grabs a few things, grabs the keys, wanders back, opens the door, gets in. There's a pause there as she realized she just opened the door that was locked. And then she... Wipes a little bit of perspiration that's on the window, um, because, uh, it turns out Michael was in the car. So he just pops up and just one arm, just one hand grabs, uh, Annie's throat and just chokes her. Annie, on the other hand, honestly, a smart move is trying to, like, slam onto the car horn to alert her neighbors. The neighbors are assholes. No one hears a thing, I guess. Or just, you know, nods it away. And uh, while uh, Annie is being uh, choked, Michael comes in with a knife and just slits, slits her throat. Yeah. Uh, and we go back over to before Paul and Bob and Linda show Bob up. Bob and Linda show up. Wrong boyfriend. Tommy does see Michael carrying 
yeah. Annie's corpse. Oh, yeah, he does. He sees her... Um, he's trying to fuck with Lindsay, Lindsay too. Yeah. He wants to, like... He's hiding behind the curtain thinking he's gonna be a funny little shit. Yeah. And he's like, I'm up. You know, talking like, that yeah, type like, of voice. Lindsay, I'm here. And, uh, and then he looks out the window and, and fucking, you know, definitely scarred for life, this kid. Sees, like, you know, yeah, Addie's, like, Annie's dead corpse being moved. Freaks out, you know, which startles Lori. She comes into the room. She's like, what the fuck is it? And Tommy, of course, is going on and on about the boogeyman. It's the boogeyman! And, uh, yeah, no, Lori's like, shut the fuck up, kid. So, uh, anyway, after that, Bob and, uh, Linda arrive. They're both drunk and Bob is driving. So, you know, off to a great start with them. They're also horny. Very horny. But they manage to stumble out of the car. Bob picks up Linda. They wander into the house. They notice that the house is pitch black. There's no one there. Or at least it looks like it. And, you know, Linda comes up with the excuse that, oh, like, I'm sure Annie just took um, Lindsay out for something. Um, and they just make out on the couch. Eventually, uh, you know, a little bit later, you know, they get, I guess they get curious. Linda's like... Uh, calls Lori and was like, hey, where the fuck's Annie? And Lori's like, oh. Annie she went, went to, to get Paul. Uh, yeah, so she should be back later in the night. I have the kids. Yeah, so fucking Linda and Bob, I think this is perfect because they got a house all to themselves. They go upstairs. They, once again, a lot of really quick men in this movie because they bang him. Before we know it, he's running off to grab beer. Yeah, he runs off to grab beer. Also, like... They were smoking in a bed that wasn't theirs. I'm a little like that's some that's disrespectful. Like, also, let, let's just talk about how I remember my aunt used to smoke in her bed and almost set her house on fire yeah, many times. Yeah, no, like that's just not smart. There's like ash. You're gonna get ash everywhere. You might burn the the sheets. This is not your bed. This isn't your house. And then also, fucking Bob wanders down to the, the the kitchen. You know, opens the fridge, grabs beer that is not his. Like, for also like the room itself, they were left beer cans like everywhere. These parents are gonna come back to this house. Like, what the fuck happened? Think of your trail of rose petals replaced by Pabst Blue Ribbon cans and you got the trail of beer they had. Yeah, no. Like, honestly, if I came back to that house, I'd be like, I'd look at, like, the room that smelled like sex and cigarettes, notice all the beer cans, notice my beer on the ground and be like, what the fuck is going on? Um, um I think, I think there is a sound. Uh, anyway, but Bob notices something at, like, out the, kind of like the back door. He wanders, you know, kind of... The door opens itself. Oh, yeah, no, the door is... I think it was, yeah, yeah, or maybe it was already open, but, you know, he's kind of like, you know, there's nothing, no one out there, though, so he turns around, he opens, in, like, another closet door. He's going, Linda, stop fucking with me. Annie, stop fucking with me. You know, he's yeah. accusing everyone. Yeah. And he finally opens a door where... Fucking out pops fucking Michael Myers and just... And again, like, we're again shown how, like, freakishly strong uh, Myers is because he just picks up this grown dude and lifts him up. And then, by the power of magic, stabs him through. Magic Stonehenge bullshit. Yeah. This knife shouldn't have pinned him to a pantry door. Yeah. But here we are, the knife of extending. Yeah, exactly. The knife didn't go, even go all the way through him. Like, you can, the handle's out, part of the blade is out. Anyway, we kind of pan back to Linda in bed. And, you know, she looks up and there's fucking... Yeah, Mike Myers must have had some sort of you know, you know, comedy streak to him because he's put 
a bed sheet over him and then put um, Bob's glasses on. So, you know, Linda thinks it's Bob. She tries to talk to him. You know, he doesn't say anything back, obviously. She flashes him. She still doesn't do anything. She's a little pissed, so she goes to the phone where she tries to call Lori, right? <laughs> um, thing is, is that... As soon as Lori picks up the phone, Michael starts strangling Linda. Yeah. And on Lori's side, it just sounds like she's having the night of her life. Yeah, no, she's just moaning and gasping. So, you know, obviously, like, Lori thinks it's a prank of some sort, since Linda oh. already did that before. Where... Oh, ha ha, you're calling me while you're having sex, because I'm not. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's fucking Linda down for the count. And, you know, Lori just, you know, shakes it away. She was strangled by a phone cord, too. Yeah. It wasn't Michael's normal, I'm gonna choke you to death with nah. my bare hands. He wrapped that phone cord and just, whoop. Dead. Um, and then, uh, anyway, we cut back to Lori, where um, she's, you know, kind of getting the kids to go to bed. She has them upstairs. And she looks out the door, and so she sees... Bob and Linda's car and she knows that Annie was supposed to be back so she's like a little like you know confused like why hasn't like notified her also she's not supposed to be watching both kids so um she decides to like wander over to the house see what's going on she opens the door you know it's, it's quiet nothing's there she's just wandering around she enters the bedroom and finds a fucking Myers managed to grab Judas gravestone. Yeah, we kind of skipped over this, but even yeah. Loomis was earlier in the movie. He yeah. went to the graveyard to yeah. go see Judith Myers' gravesite. Yeah. And her headstone was missing, and the gravedigger, uh, grave attendant, whatever yeah. you call them, was like, oh, these goddamn kids will do just about anything. Yeah. While Loomis is like, well, that's proof. Michael's <laughs> fucking here. Yeah, no. But anyway, yeah, and he managed to, like, stage this scene where you have, I think it was... Annie's was it? body. Yeah, Annie's body, like, just right, like, right there. Also, I don't know how the the bed didn't break with a full-on, like, tomb, like, with that full-on, like, gravestone. Like, I feel like that would have broken any wood, but, you know, it's fine. You know, it could have been reinforced because maybe the parents were into some kinky stuff, too. I guess we're betting with that, or I guess, or I guess we're going with that, because then, you know... Lori freaks out. She turns around. I think it's Bob's body drops from the door. She tries to open a closet door. Well, there's Linda. She um, freaks out. She's kind of in shock. So she kind of stumbles out of the room. She's kind of just like standing there in shock. And fucking Michael pops out of the sh literal shadows to slash at it's Lori. It's the first time he's really missed his target in the <laughs> yeah. movie. And Lori kind of starts panicking and he shoves her not down the stairs but down the stairwell she just drops from yeah. the first story first to, to the, the second, ground yeah, floor just, yeah she just fucking drops uh manages to kind of like you know like you know stand up you know kind of crawls you know or you know kind of like limps to the front door Front door is locked. I gotta say, Michael isn't very fast. Like he comes around, like the the you know the you know the the top of the stairs. She sees him. She manages to like you know kind of like limp her way to like the trying to go through the kitchen to the back door. She Michael propped a rake and locked her in there with it. Yeah, cause she locks the kitchen door, tries to open like the the back door, which is glass. I was kind of berating her from not, you know, breaking the door sooner, but you know, not pulling an Alice and just exactly. Michael, of course, just, you know, uh, managed to, like, 
punch through the kitchen door, open it. I'm just gonna stand there for a second and, until Lori smashes the glass. And then, you know, she does like the reasonable thing where she runs across to a neighbor's house screaming like, help me, help me. The neighbors, the lights go on. They the turn on the porch light. Yeah. They open their window curtains to yeah. look out, see who it is. And then they close their curtains, turn off their light, and leave her out there. Yeah, like, I get maybe it's, like, you know, Halloween and you think they're playing a joke, but she was screaming for real. I could tell that she was screaming for real. Like, yeah, fucking assholes, right? Just leave her out there to die. He's the best survivor in a Halloween movie, though. Like, yeah. oh, something's going on outside? Fuck that. That is true. Yeah, no, that's honestly... Real talk, I don't know if I would have done anything different. I've been like, nope, I choose life today. You can stay out there. Die. Yes. Uh, die so that I may live. Uh, but anyway, she manages to run back to Tommy's house where she's banging on the door. Both kids are asleep, so she grabs a pot, you know, hurls it up to, like, you know, the, so it breaks against the wall. Tommy kind of just, like, peers out, like, what? And she's fucking screaming, banging on the door, like, Tommy opened this fucking door. He kind of just, you know, casually saunters down the steps, roll, you know, kind of, you know, you know, wanders up to the door, and she fucking, you know, rips it open, locks it, and is like, okay, you're gonna fucking go upstairs, and you're gonna lock your bedroom door. She kind of just, like, kind of like collapses onto the couch a little bit like just exhausted and of course i don't know how he does this without a sound but he pops up behind her you know kind of goes for the tries to go for like the you know the one arm strangle again she stabs the fucker with a knitting needle into his neck yeah problem is though is that once he drops she doesn't double tap him. She gotta, gets his knife. She gets his knife. Drops it. I know. Yeah. No, she grabs his knife. She looks over at his body, drops the knife, and kind of just wanders off. And then uh, we see, we of course see him move in the background. Uh, she does not. She uh, wanders up the stairs, you know, knocks on the door. It's like, Tommy, uh, Lindsay. Unlock the door. Yeah, unlock the door. Uh, we see, we, you know, they come out of the room while she's trying to like console them. We see Michael Myers walk up the stairs. We see his shadow. We see his silhouette. Then we see his shape come out of the shadows. Yeah. And I can't remember which kid screams, but one of the kids screams. You know, obviously Laura's like, oh shit, he's up and running again somehow. So she um, shoves the kids into the room, is like run to the closet. Um, She runs to the other closet. She tries to open the balcony door. Yeah. And then she runs and hides noisily into the closet. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe she was trying to like distract him by the open... I have no idea what the fuck she was doing. But she does run into the closet. She grabs some like, some sort of tie, maybe like a, like a... Yeah, you know, it, like a it was belt. a coat hanger she grabbed. No, oh, no, just oh. to like, just to like, kind of like wind it through the doorknobs for the closet shut. Most likely a tie. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah, a tie would be a good yeah idea. You hear Michael Myers like you know enter the room. She's kind of just like in the back of the closet, just like panicking. Michael Myers, of course, tries the closet doors, sees he can't open it, and is like, okay, they gotta be in here. The I am surprised how well that that closet door hangs up though. Like you know, he's shown he's- to. Bashing through it. Yeah. Trying to open the door from that side. Not doing very well. Turning on and off the light. Yeah. As Lori's screaming, reaching for some sort of weapon. Yeah. And then stabs him in the eye with a coat hanger. Yeah, she she untwists it and stabs him through the eye. He drops again. You know, she kind of like, you know, peers out. 
grabs his knife. Grabs his knife. So that's that's something at least. I think she drops it again though, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah, drops it again. Come on, Lori. Uh, but she does do the smart thing where she goes. She alerts the kids, tells the kids, get the fuck out of here. I think she said go to the Mackenzie's house. Yeah. And tell them to call the police. Yeah. And then she kind of just collapses onto the side of like, you know, the room. By that point in time, we know that um, the sheriff and Dr. Loomis, Dr. Loomis had been waiting at the Myers house when he noticed, of course, like, you know, the the um, institution vehicle outside the house. And he decided to him and the sheriff, just the two of them, I guess, not a not a not any of the other cops, just the two of them. were going to wander down like, you know, the block to try and, you know, find them. Um, you take the back. I'll take the front, yeah. I believe, is how Loomis proposed yeah. it. So the officer was checking back alleys while Loomis was just patrolling the street looking for Michael. Yeah. He, of course, sees, like, he's wandering down the street and he sees, of course, two absolutely fucking terrified kids run out of this house. And he's like, I have a feeling. Yeah, I have a good feeling that that's probably the house. So he wanders into the house where Myers has, of course, gotten up again, has now tried to, is starting to try and strangle Lori. And, of course, fucking Dr. Loomis just, pulls out his gun and just shoots Myers and then just empties the clip into this dude. And then Myers just kind of strolls backwards and just falls over a little, what is that? What is the, like he, he walks. He, he falls off the balcony. There of the we go. He falls floor. off the balcony of the second door, kind of like is lying flat on his back. And then of course, you know, Dr. Loomis, you know, checks on Lori a little bit. And then when he walks to the balcony to peer down, Myers is gone. Well, Lori also said, it was the boogeyman, and oh, yeah. Loomis goes, yes, indeed, it was. Yeah. So, Myers' body's gone. We get these shots of a lot of the sets from the movie yeah. with Michael's heavy breathing in the background. Oh, yeah. like. And that's where the movie ends. Yeah. Now, the music, how did you like the music? I mean, honestly, it wasn't so much music as it was kind of just noise i guess because we did have that little tune that would play whenever like michael was around or mentioned and then we of course had his heavy breathing but i don't remember any like real music besides that so the exactly yeah and then you got his hard chase music the almost jaws like exactly yeah but yeah besides those yeah those like small tunes and his heavy breathing i don't think there was really much else to the soundtrack and there wasn't even a lot of gore in this movie. We saw no, really not. small glimpses of blood, but nothing like pouring yeah, out of someone's exactly. body. Exactly. We saw that Judith had some, you know, blood on her chest. Same with uh, the guy that Meyer killed. We saw that one thing of blood. But even when Myers slits Annie's throat, there's no blood with that. No, which you'd think there would be, but I guess not. So, still, to this day, uh, Carrie's not going to be usurped anytime soon with 66 bodies burned alive. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, go Carrie, I guess. Honorable second mention, we got a three-way tie, but we're going with our favor of the three to now take the showrunner as the honorable second mention, getting your throat slit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's effective. Don't get your throat slit by a knife. Yeah, bad way to go, apparently. My favorite way to die is still an axe to the face. Yeah, and my I don't think mine has changed at all. Um, it's still a fucking garage door. 
So just to refresh to where we are with all the bodies, the arrows have one off-screen kill and one kill pushed through the neck. The axe to the face is one kill. We got 66 people burned alive. We got two that died in a car explosion. One person gutted by a chainsaw. The crushed by category is pretty fun because we got a backboard, a box TV, debris, and a garage door, which is Grace's favorite way to go. We got one person who was disemboweled. We got two people who were electrocuted. One person shot in the head with a gun. We got one person dying of hypothermia. One person killed by kitchen utensils. With the knife, we got one person dying by multiple stab wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, three people stabbed. Three people with their throat slit, which are is our new honorable second mention, yeah. even though it's tied with both being stabbed by a knife and the Blair Witch. Yeah. Decapitation with a machete is a nice one. That's a fun way. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get more of those. Off screen, we got a arrow and throat slit out of one. We yep. got three for the Blair Witch and two unknown causes. Yeah. Just dead somehow. We got one person treated as roadkill by a semi-truck. That was fun. We got two people with their head bashed by a sledgehammer. We got one person strangled to death by a phone. Well, phone cord. Yeah. And unknown weapons, we got two people stabbed and two people with their throat slit. So that's currently where our graveyard is looking like. A lot of dead bodies. Then we'll be piling up more. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Halloween? Not that I can think of. We did lose a little bit of our audio earlier because my dumbass forgot to press record. Uh, but hopefully in our next episode, which will be a bonus of paranormal activity, I don't think I could have slurred that any better. Eh, but that's fine. It's another found footage movie, and Grace picked this one out special. So hopefully you guys will like a little bit more found footage in your feed. Until next time, this is Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to Bodies by the Numbers, a horror podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Bodies by the Numbers Pod, Twitter at Bodies Numbers, and our email address is Bodies by the Numbers Pod at gmail.com. We hope to see you again next time.